the earth is showing his handiwork. Hallelujah, we give you praise. Come on all across this house, let's love him. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this building. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, for a few more moments, why don't we just love him? Why don't we just love him all across this building? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise and a shout of victory. Come on, is there anybody that's got the victory in the house of God? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. So good to be in the house of the Lord here, amen, today. Good to have all of our guests and our visitors, amen. Uh, and and to be in the presence of the Lord. Good to be back home in Jesus' wonderful name. Now, we went off to a wedding over there in Omaha, Nebraska. I can't think of another reason I'd ever go to Omaha, Nebraska again. Uh, negative six with a wind chill. I just started thinking, man, I, I started clicking my heels like Dorothy. I, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what, so blessed to be back in the house of the Lord and uh, to feel God's presence. How many enjoyed service on Wednesday? Amen. What wonderful preaching in the Spirit of God. I could feel it. Amen. Over the phone, Brother Mark preached a wonderful message and just moved in the Holy Ghost and just continue to press forward with what we've been feeling over the last little while. Amen. I'm excited about what God's doing here at Apostolic Revival Center. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm just happy to be a part of it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students and their teachers, their classrooms. Everybody say, God bless our Sunday school. And God bless our Sunday school teachers. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Galatians chapter 4, verse number 22. Praise God. Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 22. Amen. I feel the liberty of Jesus in this building. Amen. Give everybody a minute to get there. Galatians 4 and 22 reads it this way. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory? For these are two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Hagar or Agar. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm a child of promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. If you're a child of promise, you better get ready. There is going to be the flesh that persecutes the child of promise. Amen. 
Nevertheless, what saith the Scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. We are not in bondage, but we are free. I don't know about you, but there's a lot in there that's just got some good preaching. We are free. Amen. I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject, miracles and mistakes. Miracles and mistakes. Would you set down your Bibles and lift up your hands and let's pray together as a church. Amen. That God would help us. Amen. Would you pray? Hallelujah, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We thank you today. God, we're praying right now that you would that you would touch this house, God. Touch every heart, God, every guest, every visitor, every saint of God. I pray, Lord, that you'd help me to preach the word, amen, as I have received it. And, God, I pray that we would walk out of this building freer than we have ever been. Hallelujah, Lord, we're giving you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Tell them God bless you, and you may be seated. Praise God. Miracles and mistakes. There are many people that would say that the Old Testament doesn't matter anymore. I would tell you that those people are very wrong. Don't ever listen to people like that. Uh, I don't know about you, but the Bible says every word of God is pure, and it is a shield to those that put their trust in them. Amen. The Bible also declares of the Old Testament that all these things were written for our learning, which means every time you read the Old Testament, you can learn something. You can uh, get into it, and it will begin to teach you. And the Bible declares that all those things are an example to us. Amen. We have got wonderful examples. In fact, you can go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, and you will find that the writer begins to declare out, all of the things that people in the Old Testament did by faith. What a great example that we have of people in the Old Testament. Amen. Uh, but there are things in the Old Testament that when you read them at the beginning, they don't make a lot of sense. Anybody else ever felt that? I know I'm the preacher today, and I'm not supposed to say there's some things that don't make sense. But when you first start reading, there are some things that will cause a little bit of confusion. They might even rub against you wrong. Amen. And, and as you read through it, you just got to keep reading the Bible. You just got to keep going through it because eventually it's going to make more sense. Amen. This is one of those stories today that when you read it, it doesn't make 100% uh, of sense. Amen. But what you are seeing when you read the story of Hagar and the story of Ishmael is you are seeing uh, the, the introduction, a, a, an allegory of the law. Amen. In fact, that's what the Bible declares it out to be. Uh, there's a lot of literary devices through the Bible. And uh, allegory is one of them. And metaphors and so on and so forth. And, uh, and, and, and this is an allegory. In fact, uh, we would call this the law of representation. Everybody say that. The law of representation. The law of representation is when it is taking something and it is trying to show forth a greater principle. Amen. Uh, this, this story of Isaac and of Ishmael, of, of Sarah 
and of Hagar. It is representing to us, amen, the law of, uh, of the Old Testament and grace of the New Testament. Hagar is that which comes from Egypt. Amen. She was a bondwoman. She was a slave. Amen. That was purchased and taken with the people of God and, and uh, really freed from Egypt and, and because it would have been a lot worse there. But uh, we see this. And she produces a child by the, the name of Ishmael. Amen. And this was not the will of God. It was not God's original design because God called Abraham out and said, I will bless you and your wife Sarai and you will have a son. God had told them, you too will produce a child. It will be a child born of love. It will be a child, amen, born of your relationship. And, and, and this will be a child that I will bless you with. But we find Abram and Sarai getting a little bit nervous and they got a little worried and they started working things out for themselves and they got Hagar and Hagar, amen, of no choice of her own or volition. She had to produce a child, amen. It was a child out of duty. It was a child out of her bondage, amen. It was, amen, something she had to do, not something she got to do. Amen. This is a great representation for us today. Amen. If you live for God based on laws and laws alone, you will always, amen, represent back to Hagar and to Ishmael that living for God is something that I have to do. Amen. I am bound to do it. I have no choice in the matter. Amen. But if you live for God, amen, as Isaac, a child born of love and of the purpose and promise of God, Amen. Going to church is not a have to. It's a get to. Serving God is not a have to. It's a get to. Are there any people in the house of God that are free above all that can say, I serve God from my heart. I serve God because I want to. I serve God by grace and not by the law. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. Man, the, the, the law would say to people, do this and you will live. Don't do this, you will die. So do this and live. But grace says, live and do this. There's a big difference there. Amen. One is duty and requirements. One is law. The other is love and relationship. And it is grace. I want to serve God from a place of grace. I want to serve God with my heart and not just because I have to. Amen. And so we find Abram and Sarah. You got to understand how they came to get Hagar in their life. They were on a journey, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, to find a city whose builder and maker was God. But the Bible declares there came a time of famine. You got to be careful when you get hungry. You got to be careful when you get thirsty because things start looking like the will of God that were never the will of God. And the Bible says they were looking for a city that had foundations whose builder and maker was God. But after a famine came through, they settled by going to Egypt, a place that God had not ordained. And the Bible tells us that they stopped at this imitation city called Egypt. And it was there in Egypt that Abram and Sarai acquired Hagar. Amen. They acquired Hagar from a 
pagan place, uh, a place that God did not want them to go. And we find, uh, amen, that the things that we do when we are hungry uh, and the things we do out of desperation, if they don't come from a place of prayer, amen, often they will lead to mistakes and they will lead to regrets uh, and they will lead to things that we're not proud of. And the Bible declares that they take Hagar with them. I don't have time to preach it, but it was there in Egypt. Uh, amen. That the Bible declares that Lot got a little bit of taste of the world. And when he looked down on Sodom and Gomorrah, he saw it as a well-watered plains. Uh, amen. Like the city of God. And it says it related it to Egypt. Uh, amen. It was there in a place they should have never been. Uh, that they started getting a taste for the wrong things. Uh, and they started acquiring things uh, that were never meant to go on the journey with them. Uh, amen. They started taking things, uh, amen, from the world uh, that don't belong in the church. Amen. This is the law. And there in Genesis 16, we see them as they get impatient looking for a city whose builder and maker is God, looking, amen, for that promised child, looking for that miracle in which God had ordained would come to them. Uh, and the Bible declares they started getting impatient with God's timing. Uh, God wasn't moving fast enough, so they started enacting their backup plan. Amen. I want to help you here today. Whenever you and I start enacting a backup plan for God, uh, it always spells the word mistake. When we get ahead of God's plan, it always is a mistake. When we try to act as if we are God or in God's stead, it is a mistake. When we make decisions without the help of God, without a word from God, without the hand of God, it always engenders and always creates a mistake. Amen. I want to help you here today. Don't do anything without praying about it. Don't do anything without counseling God about it. Abraham talked to God, talked to God, talked to God. But when it came to producing Ishmael, he didn't talk to God about it. He just made a decision. I want to tell you, if you want to fall into mistakes, just start living for God without God. Start doing things without the hand of God, without the help of God, without the voice of God. Can I get anybody to help me here today? You don't want to go down that path. If you can get God involved, he'll say, you from a world of hurt. If you can get God involved, he'll help you stay away from regrets. If you can get God involved, you can avoid the mistake altogether. Somebody ought to give God praise this afternoon. Come on. Come on, we need God from the pulpit to the pew. I don't want to have another Ishmael. I don't want to make a mistake. I need the help of God. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify the Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. Have you prayed about it? Have you fasted about it? Have you sought the face of God about it? Has it been a, come on, has it been a decision that Jesus brought to you? Somebody ought to pray right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I preach to somebody? Don't settle for convenience. Hallelujah. Don't settle for convenience because convenience uh, will leave you, amen, with mistakes in your life. Uh, amen. Don't just settle because it's easiest. Uh, amen. There's a lot of relationships that start out of convenience. Uh, but you don't want a relationship like Hagar. Uh, you want a marriage uh, that's like Sarah. Uh, it's based on relationship. Uh, it's based on love. Uh, it's based on mutual respect. Uh, amen. But I've seen young people get into relationships. Uh, I've even seen some old people get in relationships because uh, they were tired of being alone. Uh, amen. I want to help you here today. 
today, if you want to save yourself from a world of hurt, amen, you need to counsel God and wait on the Lord, even if he takes longer than you think he should. I'm preaching real good right now. If you don't want to live with mistakes in your life, uh, amen, it's better to wait, uh, amen, and be a, be a little bit upset that you had to wait uh, than to step into it uh, and regret you stepped into it. Come on. Uh, can I get some moms and dads to help me out? Uh, it's better to wait uh, and get the right thing uh, than to live with the wrong thing uh, and regret it. Hallelujah. It's better to wait for the miracle, pray for the miracle, believe for the miracle, amen, than end up with something that you regret, that you think, man, I wish I never would have. Just wait on the Lord. I tell the church again, wait upon the Lord. Somebody ought to give God praise. Church, I'd rather move slow than to move wrong. I'd rather take small steps in the right direction than big steps in the wrong direction. I'd rather make decisions that create a miracle future than to do things out of haste and regret it in my near future. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, he didn't pray about it, didn't seek God about it, and sure enough, as soon as Hagar has Ishmael, the Bible says she starts mocking Sarai. <laughs> because that's what mistakes do. They mock the potential that you have. They mock the promise that God has made to you. Every time you make a mistake, condemnation will show up. Hallelujah. I hope somebody gets delivered from condemnation today. Hallelujah. I'm praying for somebody to get their mind delivered from condemnation, their heart delivered from condemnation today. The Bible declares that they begin to mock. She began to laugh. Uh, you've been waiting, uh, and it hasn't happened. Uh, but look at me. Uh, it didn't take very long, didn't take much work. Here I am. Uh, I've already produced uh, a child. Uh, and Sarah, uh, amen, has to for the next five chapters, uh, amen, the next, next uh, amen, beyond a decade, uh, Abraham and Sarah are dealing with Hagar and Ishmael. They're dealing with mistakes and regrets because they moved. Amen. They came up with a backup plan. Can I preach to somebody? Amen. God doesn't have a backup plan. When God says it, it's settled. Whether it happens yet or not, it's forever settled in heaven. And all God's got to do is connect heaven and earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Honey, all you're waiting on is a connection of heaven and earth. Don't give up now. Don't quit now. Don't, don't, don't start making decisions, uh, amen, out of haste now. Uh, you just need to let God connect some things uh, and wait uh, upon uh, the Lord. Somebody ought to give God praise this afternoon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God doesn't have a backup plan. Church, Apostolic Revival Center, I want to tell you, there is no backup plan. You gotta burn the boats and say there is no backup plan. It's revival. Amen. It's revival. It's revival. There is no backup plan. There is no cohabitating with the enemy. There is no, we're gonna just stay in the wilderness. There is no, we'll just stay here, us four and no more. I came to preach to you. When God said it, it was promised, it was settled, and all we gotta do is walk into it. But if we're not careful, we'll start coming up with backup plans. 
And now they've got to live with their mistakes. Now, I didn't come to condemn anybody. In fact, I came to get you out of condemnation. Because there are people today that would say, well, preacher, what do I do? I made that mistake. I got ahead of God. The Bible declares they, 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 they're in this position where they are being mocked. Amen. And, and, and the Bible declares that God shows up and God gives him a word that the miracle still on the table. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I preach to somebody? The miracle's still available. Amen. The promises of God, the Bible says, are yes and amen, which means God doesn't have no in his vocabulary when it comes to his promises. And God said, I want to remind you, Abraham, I know you made the mistake, but the promise is still available to you. I know you got ahead of me, but the promises. Some people think God quit on them. God didn't quit on you. You might have quit on God, but he never gave up. He just says, come right back in the church we'll get started where we left off come back after the mistake we'll get started where we left off and we'll help get you where you need to be I know you had a backup plan but I never had a backup plan you just need to believe God God will come by and say I still got a future for you I still got a promise for you I still got a plan for you and you got to look at what Abraham says he says I'm going to give you a child I'm going to bless you and Abraham says, oh, that Ishmael might live before you forever. Amen. There's some people. God says, I still have a future for you. I still have a plan for you. But you want your mistakes to always be in front of God's face. And every time God says, I still got a promise for you. Amen. I still got a miracle for you. Amen. You want to remind God of Ishmael and re remind God of your mistakes. Amen. God, I don't know about that. Don't you know what I've been? Don't you know where I was? Don't you know who I was with? Don't you know what I did or what I said? Amen. Oh, that Ishmael. Oh, that my bad decisions would live forever. Oh, that my mistakes would forever dwell with me. Oh, I'm not worthy of that. Can I preach to somebody? He that called you, uh, amen, doesn't call you uh, based on your worth. Uh, amen, the fact that he called you, uh, amen, declares you are worthy to be called. Uh, and if God's got a promise for you, uh, he's not checking, uh, amen, your history. He's not checking your pedigree. He, I came to preach to somebody. Uh, he's not checking uh, your records. Uh, he's not checking your mistakes uh, to see whether it measures up uh, on a teeter-totter of life. Uh, do you have more miracles uh, and more good things and you have bad things no when God calls you he calls you based on potential when God calls you it's because he deems you worthy for that calling so you might as well say okay God I don't mind if you give me that promise even after Israel I don't care if you give me the blessings even after I failed I don't mind if you help me even after I failed you even after I had a mistake I don't mind receiving the miracle. Somebody ought to give God praise. Come on. Come on, I came to preach to somebody. You need to stop saying, God, let my bad decisions live forever. Let my mistakes live forever. You need to start praying, God, if you still got a promise for me, help me to have the grace and the courage to receive it. God, give me the grace to receive the blessing. Give me grace to receive the miracle after the mistake. Give me grace to accept that God would still use me. God, give me the grace. I came to preach. Give me the grace to believe God still has the miracle on the table for somebody like me. Somebody ought to give God praise. Come on. 
Come on, let's pray all across this house. God's moving on somebody. Come on. Yeah, you made a mistake. Yeah, you, you walked away from God's promises, but he still has the miracles available for you. Amen. God has still got a plan for you. God still wants to use you. God still wants to work with you. Come on, somebody. Let's pray. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this house. Come on, let's pray. I feel Jesus. Oh, if you could still use somebody like me, I receive it. Give me the courage to receive it. Give me the grace to receive it. Come on, somebody pray. You need to shut condemnation down and say, no, devil. You do not have a voice in my life. If God said it's available, it's available, and he's already taken into account everything that I did wrong, and God is still wanting to use me, and God is still wanting to bless me, and God is still wanting to favor me. God told him, I, I want to let you know. He was saying, oh, God, that Ishmael might live before you forever. God, just let this be good enough. I want to help somebody get up out of good enough. He's got more than enough. Well, I made a mistake. And I, I just, I just got to live through it forever. Where is that in the Bible? I just got to suffer through it forever. You know what? There's people that they believe in the law of retribution. Amen. They don't believe in grace. They believe in the law. They believe I did it, so I, I had it coming to me. I actually know places that preach this. I don't, I don't preach this. Amen. That even after you repent, you're still going to get what's coming to you. I don't believe in that. That's not in the Bible. Can I help you here today? That is not in the Bible. Jesus already took the whipping uh, so you don't have to. So you need to get the penance uh, out of your mind and say, amen, you can repent, uh, but you don't need to do penance where you whip yourself and beat yourself over the head until you feel worthy enough for God to call you worthy. Oh, I came to preach to somebody. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar saying you got to beat yourself up for 40 years, for 40 months. For, come on. You cannot be used until you do X, Y, or Z. No. You can come to the altar and repent, and God will say, I'll steal you. God will come by and say, that's all I was waiting for. I still got a plan for you. You all got to do is turn around, turn towards God. And he says, come on, come on. That's what I was waiting for. Prodigal, all you got to do is start coming home. And the father runs to where you are and meets you where you are and says, come on. I still got miracles. I still got blessings. Come on. There's some people. Well, once I've suffered enough, then I'll think about letting God use me. Oh, that Ishmael might live before you forever. But the Bible declares, God said, no, in Isaac shall your seed be called. In the promise, your seed will be called. And it doesn't take long. Isaac is born. He starts living. The Bible declares he starts getting weaned. And it doesn't take long. Now they're cohabitating the miracle and the mistake in the same house. And the Bible declares it didn't take long before Ishmael starts acting just like his mom, Hagar, and starts mocking the promised son. The past mistake was mocking the future promise. Can I preach to somebody? Your past will always mock your future. 
What you were will always mock what you are trying to be. Sometimes it comes in the voice of condemnation uh, that says, well, remember what you did last week? Sometimes it comes in the voice of somebody you're related to. Well, go ahead and try, but we remember when you tried last time. Come on, you want to know what this sounds like in literal? Try going to the gym. <laughs> and all of a sudden they'll remind you, uh, amen, well, you, you know, remember when you tried to go that one time and it didn't work out? And you remember when you bought that treadmill and never used it? You know what? Uh, you know that's what your past will do to you. Uh, it'll remind you of every time you tried and failed, but it will not put the emphasis on the times you tried. It will never put the emphasis on the try. It will always put the emphasis on the failure. But when you talk to Jesus, uh, he'll always say, come on, uh, a righteous man falls seven times. uh, But what does that righteous man do? He keeps on trying. Uh, He keeps on getting back up. Your past uh, will come by and remind you of everything that didn't work out. uh, But your promise uh, will continue to remind you that God is faithful and God's still got a miracle for you. Uh, Amen. I want to preach you uh, every time uh, that Isaac began to grow uh, a little bit bigger, uh, a little bit stronger. uh, Ishmael had come by and mock him and make fun of him. Uh, Well, that that, that little puny thing's not the promise. Uh, I'm the firstborn. Every time he started getting a little stronger, uh, amen, I want to help you here today every time your promise from God grows and every time you start walking in the will of God uh, amen your past will always come by laughing Uh, oh I can't believe you're trying to pray again Uh, oh I can't believe you're coming to church again Uh, oh that's hilarious Uh, you did that for a couple months a few years ago and it didn't work out but the miracle will just keep growing uh, if you keep feeding it Uh, the miracle will keep growing uh, if you keep giving it the right things Uh, if you keep feeding it faith it'll keep growing if it keep giving it love it'll keep growing if it keep giving it hope it'll keep growing you got to keep feeding the right things what God has for me is greater than my past what God has deemed for me is greater than all my mistakes that past came by and was mocking laughing scoffing yeah we'll see what will become of you You'll get, you'll get thrown to the side as well. And finally, thank God for a good mother. Finally, Sarah had enough. She said, this mistake cannot live here any longer. This reminder of our past mistake cannot live here any longer. She said, the past has got to go if we are going to have the future God has for us. Can I preach you? That's great marriage counseling right there. you got to let the past go if you're going to lay hold on the future that God has for you. Uh, maybe there were mistakes. Uh, forgive and move on and say, Lord, we're going to lay hold on the promise of what you have for us. Uh, amen. Yes, you can be blessed. Uh, yes, you can be favored. Uh, yes, you can move forward. But you're going to have to let all the past go and press towards the future and press towards the promise of what God has for you. Here's what's interesting though. Abraham did not need a word from God to add Hagar and Ishmael into his life. But he sure did when his wife said, get rid of her. If you want to be free, you're going to have to come to a place where you are done being tormented by your past. I don't understand why it's the nature of mankind 
to make rash decisions without God, add things to our lives without divine interaction. But when it comes time to lay those same things down at the altar, it takes a divine encounter to remove those things. I don't understand it. People add worldly influences and relationships without a prayer meeting. But when they are convicted, they act like they need 40 days of prayer and fasting to cut things off that they should have never added in the first place. I want to help you here today. Amen. It's time to get rid of the mistake and just cut it off. If you're currently living with the mistake and you keep making the mistake time and time again, it might be time to let those friends go. It might be time to stop hanging out at that venue. You might have to say, okay, I struggle with this and I'm going to get my, I'm going to, I'm going to turn in my phone for a flip phone. It could very well be that you're going to have to say, I need an accountability partner. I don't know what it's going to take for you. Amen. But there's going to, you don't need prayer and fasting. What you ought to do is say, God, if you'll give me the strength and give me the grace, I will disconnect. I want you to notice how Sarah first tried to get rid of her mistake. The Bible says she tried to make it so hard for Hagar. I'm just about done preaching, but I just came to preach something that will hopefully help us here today. She, she tried to get rid of her mistake the way that many of us try to get rid of our mistakes. She tried to make it so hard for Hagar that she would just run away. Yeah, that's how some people are. Well, if I just make it so difficult, it'll just run away from me. I want to tell you, your problems aren't going to run away for very long. She did not cast out the bondwoman. She just ran the bondwoman off for a little while. She just avoided the problem for a little while. And she felt like, okay, finally, we got a little bit of reprieve. I want to help you today. God doesn't want you to run your mistakes away for a short period of time where you come and have a little solace and a little escape on Sunday. God didn't want you to just, amen, make it so uncomfortable that you could just dismiss it for a little while. You can just ignore that it ever happened for a little while. Amen. God wants to go beyond that. God doesn't want you to just run it off for a little bit. God sent this preacher to tell you, cast it out cast it out as long as we try to ignore our problems the Bible says God said to Hagar go back to Sarah go back to Sarah she's not learning the lesson that you can't expect permanent solutions to a temporary amen a temporary choice where you're just going to make the decision in this moment I'm going to ignore it for a little while and make some temporary amen changes in my life I want to help you today. People that want to be free, you're going to have to make permanent decisions. If you want permanent deliverance, you've got to make permanent choices. You ever wonder why people come to church and all of a sudden God starts working in their life? Their marriage starts getting better. Their kids start acting well. They start getting more money in the bank and everything starts turning around and then they start missing church and they stop praying and all comes Hagar, comes crawling back in and they can't figure it out because you just made a temporary decision and expected permanent results. But God sent this preacher to tell you that 
said, if you want to have permanent victory, you've got to make permanent decisions. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the day. Not some of them, not a couple of them, not till Hagar leaves me alone, not till the mistakes are bothering me, not till I pray through, not till things get a little bit better, but all the day. Can I get anybody to preach with me? All the days of my life. Somebody ought to give God praise. Let's sail across the building and give God glory. Come on, is there anybody that's tired of temporary victory and temporary solutions and temporary joy and temporary peace? Is there anybody that wants to have it at all times? Why don't you lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Come on, there's miracles and mistakes in this house right now. But I came to preach the miracles are staying and the mistakes are going. Come on. The miracles are forever. The mistakes were for a moment. The miracle is going to last. The mistakes are going to be cast out. As long as we try to ignore our problems... God will continue to let them return. Because avoidance is not a solution. But just act like we're happy. That's not going to make you happy. Go head on. We're going to pray until we have victory. We're going to pray until we have joy. We're going to pray. Often we try to ignore or run off our problems and mistakes when the answer is actually casting them out. Moving beyond them. Too often we resist the devil when we should be casting him out. That's the problem with Adam and Eve. We'll just resist the devil, but he still hangs out at the tree. We'll just ignore the devil, but he just keeps talking. You need to cast him out of your garden today. Well, we'd be happier if we just, if we just did this. You know, maybe that would really be the right answer. No, no, no. You need to cast that mug out. Goodbye. Goodbye, devil. Your voice has got to go. You've got to be silenced. Hallelujah. I'm not just going to resist it. That's why the Bible never says resist. Resist temptation or resist fornication. You notice how the Bible never says resist that? You know what it does say? Flee! In other words, get as far away from it as possible. There are some things you don't need to resist them. You need to get away from them. There are some things in your life you don't need. Well, I'm going to resist the alcohol. I'm going to resist the drugs. I'm going to resist the party scene. You don't need to resist it. You need to run from it. Well, I'm going to resist that relationship. Don't resist that relationship. Cut that relationship off. Oh, hallelujah. We shouldn't be resisting. We should be casting out. There are some things in our life that we should never try to moderate. Well, I'm just trying to be that middle. I don't want to be too extreme. Listen, when it comes to your soul and your family, be extreme. 
That's the one area you'll always see me be extreme when it comes to the things of God. I'm pretty moderate in a lot of things. But when it comes to my family and the church and the will of God and the, and the, and the word of God and the plan of God, I'm extreme. Hallelujah. I think we ought to be extreme. Uh, we shouldn't try to moderate things. Uh, we should try to eradicate things. Uh, we shouldn't try, uh, amen, to manage things. Uh, we should extinguish and exterminate some things. We need to get to the place where the miracle that God has for you is only going to happen when you stop clinging on to the past. We got to get to the place where we say, okay, God, think about this. God looks at you and I. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While, during, the very moment of your worst mistake, God said, I'm going to die for you. When you are ungodly, without strength, at that moment. He loves you in spite of everything you've done wrong. And yet we try to hold ourselves to a higher standard than Jesus. You're living on Sinai. You're living under Hagar. You're living under the law. But God sent me to preach. There's an Isaac for you. There's grace. There's goodness. There's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. There's a God that loves you even after the mistake and says, I still want to use you even after the mistake. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody pray. I got a lot of things we could preach, but I want you to pray right now. What do I do, preacher? I've got some mistakes right now that are living in my life, that are living in my house. Hey, man, I, I don't know what to do. I, I made a bad decision all these years ago, and I've had to live with it. I'll tell you what you do. You let God convert it. You let God convert it. You get, let God change it. I was reading something interesting in Genesis the other day, and it just started stirring in my heart. His name was Abram. Abram, not Abraham. His wife's name was Sarai, not Sarah, when he produced Ishmael. But before he was allowed to produce the promised child, God said, we got to change your name. We're going to change you. This is why when God asked for him to slay his son, the Bible says your only son. But wait a minute. Doesn't Abraham, Abraham have two sons? No, no, no. Abram has a son, and Abraham has a son. And I'm not asking for you to sacrifice Abram's son. I'm not asking for you to sacrifice what was in the past. I'm asking for you to sacrifice what is in the current and what is in the present. God doesn't ask you to give what you don't have from your past. He says give what you have in your present from who I've called you to be. Let me help somebody understand what I'm saying. When you let God convert you, you might remember Abram, and you might remember Hagar, and you might remember Ishmael, and you might remember what you were and what you did. But when God looks at you, he doesn't see Abram, he sees Abraham. When God looks at you, he doesn't see Sarai, he sees Sarah. When God looks at you, he doesn't see Ishmael, he sees Isaac, and only Isaac. So when God calls to you, He's not calling you based on your mistakes. He's calling you based on the miracle that he gave you and saying, let's go forward in this. Let's walk forward in this. Come on, Abraham. Take your only son. Come on, Abraham. Let the mistake go. Let the past go. Grab your miracle by the hand and go to the altar. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. I'm done preaching. Cast out the bondwoman and her son. 
Cast out the bondwoman and her son. How do I do that? You let God convert you in this altar. You let God convert you in this altar. Amen. Well, that's who I was, but that's not who I am. That's the mistake I made, but that mistake did not make me. I want to open up this altar. Would you come down to this front? Amen. But I want you to come. If you bring your mistakes with you, you're bringing your mistakes to so leave them at the altar. That's who I was before this service, but they're going to be left there. I'm casting it out. I'm casting out my mistakes, and I'm going to walk with my miracle in tow. I'm going to walk with my promise in my hand. I'm going to walk with the future God has for me. Come on, somebody. Stop living based on what you were. Start living based on what God's called you to be, the father of many nations. Come on, the father of the faithful. Abram had mistakes. He had doubts, but Abraham didn't. He had faith. Come on, somebody, let's pray. Come on, empty out your seats. Let's come down to the front. Well, preacher, what, what about my past? Lay it down at this altar. Cast it out at this altar. Cast it out. God still has a future for you. God still has a plan for you. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray in this house. In the name of Jesus, cast out the bondwoman and her son. Cast out the bondwoman and her son. Come on, cast out the mistake. Cast out the reminder of the mistake. Say no more, no more, no more. God's got a miracle for my family. God's got a miracle for my marriage. God's got a miracle for my children. God's got a miracle for my church. God's got a miracle for my calling. God's got a miracle for my anointing. Grab your promise by the hand and move forward.
Let's just pray. The Holy Ghost is moving. I feel revival in the house of God. I feel people coming back to life, letting their miracles go, or letting their mistakes go, casting their mistakes out, and grabbing their miracle by the hand. Eternal life. 